Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, and I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. And today we are going to be going over our community goals and expectations. And if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you are currently going through the interview process at Kirk Day School. And if you have a moment, I would encourage you to um, find a digital or a hard copy of the packet here that says Kirk Day School Community Goals and Expectations and go over it with us. And this should only take a few minutes, but most importantly, we want to give this information to you because it really is a part of who we are. One of the important reasons that we decided to start doing this with with families is one, so that you guys could get to know us a little bit better during the interview process. And this conversation allows you the opportunity to really hear our heart and our mission behind what we do on a day-to-day basis. And we really do try to be very intentional in everything we do. Uh, And this document really touches to the core of who we are as a community. But I would say, to, to use more of a borrowed term, this is our practicing theology and how we decide to engage in community. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to start out with a mission statement, and the mission statement is who we are. Uh, everything that we do is really measured by this mission statement. The school was founded in 1992, and this mission statement has been there since. And so our purpose is to assist Christian parents in the nurture of covenant children, educating them in a Christian world and life view, according to the truth of God's Word, equipping them to be disciples of Christ, impacting the world. And we were recently re-accredited by the Christian School uh, International, which is an accrediting agency um, that accredits many Christian schools. Uh, And they judged everything they did by this mission statement. Are we who we say we are in that mission statement? And time and time again, that answer has been yes, but we want to continue to find the best ways possible to move forward. That also being said, as we we look at this and we go through this, We are here to assist Christian parents, but we want to be very clear. We are here to partner with parents, and we are a partnership school. And as a partnership school, our goal is to build trust, respect, and cooperation through humility and prayer as we partner together for the discipleship and discipline of our students. We do not see ourselves as a drop-off, pick-up center. We, We do not see ourselves as an exchange of goods and services. Uh, one of the parallels that I use is if you go to McDonald's in Hannibal, Missouri, or you go to Kansas City, or you go to a McDonald's in Tokyo, Japan, you are going to get roughly the same cup, definitely the same straw size, and essentially the same product at every spot. McDonald's wants to replicate that soda in every spot on the globe to where you have a familiarity with it. Children are not soda. And that's something that's really hard. It's hard for all of us because children are also uh, very unexpected in how they behave and react. But we want to partner with parents using that trust, respect, and cooperation to the best of our ability so that we can partner with you for the benefit of that child so that when they leave Kirk Day School that they know a little bit more about who they are, not of their own name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. And, you know, one of the kind of most visible ways that that we partner with parents um, is through our Kirk Parent Association, also known as the KPA. And so as soon as you have a child in the school, you are a member of the KPA. Um, and the KPA is really there to help us build communities. They're, help, they're there to help organize volunteers and 
also do some fundraising. So part of the volunteer opportunities that come uh, throughout the, the course of the school year come from the KPA. And we really encourage this from each family to find a way to volunteer at the school so that you can be in the building getting to know what your kids kind of daily life looks like. And so one of the most prominent ways that our parents volunteer is through uh, on Friday mornings, um, they come in and they help the class recite scripture and the, the teacher may have a few other tasks that they can do. We also have a spring and fall fundraiser. And so in the fall, the fundraiser that's put on by the KPA is a little bit more family geared. Uh, the past couple of years, we've done a color run and we do a run around the school and kids get to throw paint at their teachers and teachers get to throw uh, paint at their kids. And it's a really fun, fun time for families and a good way to get to know other people in the school as well. And so then in the, in the spring, we have more of a parent focused fundraiser and that fundraiser um, in the past has been either at the Missouri Athletic Club or out at Straw Harbor Farms. Um, and it's usually a, an auction of sorts and a dinner. So it's a great way, two great ways to get to know our community a little bit better. In addition to that, we also have, are a part of Ditto, which is an upsale resale shop, kind of in the uh, Rock Hill area. And a number of years ago, some of the other Christian schools in the area went together and put in seed money for this store and then all became uh, shareholders and receive a dividend check every year from from this store and so our uh, job in that is to provide them with volunteers and so each semester we have two weeks of volunteer hours that we have to fulfill and then we get a sizable uh, return on that investment um, and that goes to a number of the needs that we have here at the school. And Ditto's been a really amazing partnership uh, in, in the way that that's worked and, and the way that that pays back is really amazing, uh, especially at that $150 an hour rate, which is quite high uh, by almost any standards that you look at it. Um, but Maria, if you would, go ahead and let's talk about um, this interpersonal relationships and communication. So. We just kind of went over the introductory part portion of the school, but this is really where I would say the, the rubber meets the road in a lot of the things that we do. And if you're looking at the sheet, one of the things that I would say is, to point out most importantly, is as conflict arises, there are a few expectations that we want to make clear. Conflict is going to happen, and it is a normal part of our life. And we really do know that conflict will arise and we believe in following the Matthew 18 principle and how to handle it. And our number one goal in any type of conflict is to make sure that we are restoring relationships and if necessary, transforming hearts. We know that this is a hard thing to do, but God does not call us to follow him because it will be easy. He calls us to follow him because it glorifies him. With that being said, uh, the interfamily conflict at the school we are going to do our best to serve as a mediator and not a messenger, and we are going to follow the peacemaker process, which has five A's associated with it. And those five A's are admit, apologize, accept the consequences, alter the behavior, and ask for forgiveness. 
And by going through those five A's, we really believe that children may not always have their hearts transformed, but they do learn the importance of what it's like to go through an ownership process of their own sin, no matter how right or wrong they are in their actions. And then the last thing that we would say is conflict takes patience. Um, So much of our lifestyle society is to not be patient. It is to get what we want when we want it. And we have uh, a lot of speed and expeditiousness in the way that we're able to go about those things. But hearts are slow. Hearts are painful at times. And our, our pride and our anger can often get in the way of that. And so we have to remind people that conflict takes patience and that we want to uh, increase our exercise of patience in every way we can as we we go through the forgiveness and understanding of the issues. Maria, would you talk uh, also about the channels of communication and how we we try to go about that? Sure. So I think anytime we're dealing with conflict, it can be very easy for us to get overwhelmed in the emotion of conflict, which emotion is a good thing. Um, We were created with emotion And it it indicates something to us, but it can often drive um, poor communication or unfair or communication kind of focused more on attack, the kind of communication we desire to have, uh, which is clear, humble, kind, gracious, understanding. And so to help with that, we have kind of set up a structure for the communication so that we can make sure that we're on the same page as a school and the family is on the same page as a family. And so we ask when there is conflict that comes up, the first thing you do is go to the teacher. They are the boots on the ground. They are attuned and aware of all of the dynamics in the classroom, not just our children's academic needs, but they're also very aware of the social implications between kids and and those dynamics. And so we ask first and foremost that you go directly to the teacher when conflict does come up. From there, uh, the teacher can, can either help you walk through it or if it needs to be taken to either myself, um, Dr. Weimer, if it has something to do with academics, and then we kind of move up from there. But we have found that this expectation of how communication is dealt with in conflict really helps keep our hearts in check and it helps make sure that we get the proper information that that we need from the proper people. And going to the last page is really on student conduct and discipline and going back to really the theology of who we are we do believe that God created man in his own image and I want to make sure that you know that we see every child as uniquely wonderful and made in the image of God. And that is our goal, to make sure that we're treating children that way and teaching them to treat other children that way as well. C.S. Lewis has a quote, and this is poorly summed up, but he essentially says that the holiest thing that your senses will experience this side of eternity is your neighbor. And we want to teach our students how to do that and how to care and respect for them. That is not always going to happen because they're children and they're learning. But again, that's a goal and what we do in the midst of these pieces of conflict and how our students are disciplined makes that uh, a part of the outcome and the goals that that we're establishing. And so with that, Maria is going to talk about the sport model that we have. Yeah, I think anytime we look at what it, 
means to discipline our students. First and foremost, we want to make sure that we are disciplining them uh, with a goal to have them better understand themselves and who God has made them to be as his image bearers. With, with that being said, we developed a sport model because oftentimes it's really hard for kids to understand kind of these lofty uh, growing growing into the person God created you know them to be. Sometimes that can be a little too uh, theoretical in nature. And so we developed something called the sport model. And these are five characteristics that we really desire to see develop in each and every student at Kirk Bay School. And we know that God has called us to be uh, these things. And so with his help, um, you know, we, we want to walk alongside kids as they learn how to do this. So the sport, S for servant, P for participant, O for open-hearted, R for respectful, and T for thoughtful. And so this lingo is used in our classrooms. It's used um, in posters and stuff around the school. And so, you know, teachers will, will say, hey, how can we be a good sport today? Or, you know, I saw this student being a good sport. And it helps remind the kids, okay, which, which area was I really excelling in in that? Um, you know, maybe opening the door for a student with their hands full. Um, and then on the flip side, we also use this as an area to grow or room for improvement. And so that the teacher may ask the same question as far as saying, hey, you know, you were talking out in class. That what part of the sport model, um, you know, did, did that maybe impact? And so it's been really helpful for our students to have that type of terminology so that they can understand their behavior a little bit better and in a little bit more tangible way as well. And really the last thing that we have is our parent code of conduct and as we ask our teachers to abide by a code of conduct and our students we also found that asking parents to abide by a code of conduct is incredibly prudent as well. Most importantly I would say this policy is a good fences make good neighbors kind of parallel there. Um, our policy is to maintain healthy practices when conflict arises between the two parties. And we will disagree with one another, but what we would remind you is the parent needs to be the parent and the school needs to be the school. And what is applicable at the school is not always applicable at home, and what is applicable at home is not always uh, warranted at school. And so how can we uh, decipher between the two, and how can we partner together to understand our differences and the roles that we're called to fill by both the Lord and by just the roles and responsibilities that we have towards that child. So this is just a quick overview, but Maria and I are always happy to talk about this. This is um, something that is very, um, very much a living, breathing part of who we are as a school because uh, some families will never touch this stuff and some families, unfortunately, We'll go through it in different ways, and regardless of how that happens, we want to support families, and we definitely want to love our students, not just back to others, but most importantly to Jesus. And so with that being said, we thank you guys for listening. We're open to conversations and further conversations, and we know this is different and that we can't get to sit down with you during this time, 
But uh, please reach out to us with any questions. Again, it's Maria Massey, who is our assistant head of school for student life. And I'm Taylor Clement, the head of school at Kirk Day School. Thanks so much for listening.